You're listening to the Becoming a Star podcast, where we interview athletes, coaches, GMs, and others in the sports industry about their career and what it takes to make it to the highest levels. We are very excited to be joined by our first goalie guest today. Uh, goalies are people too. I'm a goalie, so I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> He's from Owen Sound, Ontario, Canada. Played juniors in the OHL for Owen Sound. Signed in the NHL as an undrafted free agent. Played in the ECHL and AHL before debuting with the St. Louis Blues in the 2002-2003 season. Went on to play 144 NHL games and over 500 professional games. Excited to welcome in Curtis Sanford today. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to chatting. Absolutely. So I guess, uh, you know, we were just talking about a little bit, but life's kind of been crazy with the pandemic going on the past couple months. It's kind of shifted everyone's life a little bit. So what have things kind of been like for you and I know you're in kind of a player development role with the Canucks organization. What's that kind of been like from an off-ice standpoint now? Well, yeah, it kind of became full stop there in the middle of March. Um, so at that point, you know, I was I was doing my duties down in, in Utica in the American League and, and spending time with the goalies down there and the team and the coaches and um, when it became full stop. So obviously, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of – get out of Utica, get back to my home in Ontario with, uh, you know, with my family. Um, and, and I've basically been here ever since. Obviously there, you know, there hasn't been too much to do, um, besides, um, you know, staying in contact with the, the staff and, and with the goalies, um, Mike DiPietro, Jake Kiley, Richard Bachman, uh, during this kind of, you know, pause and, and downtime and now cancellation of the, you know, American Hockey League season. So, you know, there hasn't been a lot to do, but still trying to stay involved and, and uh, you know, put a positive spin on, on these young players' lives while I can and, and as much as I can with, with my own family here and making sure that our, our boys are, are getting what they need education-wise and, and, uh, and, you know, and as much comfort as we can bring them in this time as well. Absolutely. So what is your role like as a kind of from the player development side with the goalies? You know, so a typical month of mine would be, you know, I'm spending about half of each month down in Utica with, with our goalies and uh, in the American hockey league team. So, you know, I spend a lot of time with, with Michael DiPietro this, this past season, obviously Jake Kiley is another name I mentioned, Richard Bachman, and for, you know, up until the trade deadline, Zane McIntyre. And so what I do is, is we, we kind of develop a plan of progress for, for their seasons um, and stuff that they can work on and work with them on during the season to, you know, help them achieve the goals that they want to achieve in, in their playing careers. And, and obviously that's the play in the, the highest level and that's the play in the NHL. So, you know, I, I try and use you know, my, my experiences as a player um, and, and try and be a soundboard for them, you know, as they kind of take their journey and their steps through their playing career. All right. That's awesome. And obviously uh, the Vancouver system has a few 
good young goalies coming out. Uh, I'm familiar with Thatcher Demko because he played here in Omaha for a year. So it's cool to see him kind of making his way through. But uh, like you said, DPHO, Bachman, a little bit older, but he, uh, he was a good goalie for – or is a good goalie for quite some time as well. So you're the first goalie on our podcast – Obviously, you had to learn to skate before you played goalie, as any goalie does. But when did you start playing goalie and say kind of, hey, I kind of like this. This is what I want to do. Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. Um, You know, I started out as a player, as I think, you know, everybody does. No one ever just jumps right into being goalie. And, you know, you want to get out there. You want to skate. You want to you want to take shots. You want to score goals. And I had a lot of fun doing that. When I started to get interested in goaltending, my parents, my family, were a billet family for the junior B team here in Owen Sound, the Owen Sound Grays. And it just so happened we we were able to billet a goalie, actually two goalies. So back-to-back, we had goalies. And, you know, I really took a shining as a, you know, young impressionable hockey player, eight, nine years old, having a goalie live with us. It was a big deal. So getting to go and watch him on Friday nights play at the rink and, and, and knowing that he was, he was going to be coming home and he was living at our house was really cool. Right. Um, so just watching him, uh, you know, sparked my interest a lot and I, I gave it a go. And obviously, you know, once you have success, if you have success in your first go around, it makes a big deal. Um, sure. And I had a really good experience my first go around and, and it really sold me on the position and, and I didn't change after that, you know, but I'm, I'm glad that I was able to go out experience playing out, scoring goals, skating up and down the rink. Um, but I really took a liking to goal that goaltending when I first started. So it was that first initial start. If it had blown up in my face, I'm probably, I'm probably sure it would have <laughs> aborted, aborted mission right then, but it was a good experience. So I, I stuck with it. That's good. Yeah. Like you said, first experiences, everything. I, I always love the goalie position. I played it outside a lot growing up, not necessarily on the ice. I'd, I don't know why. I guess I just liked uh, people shooting pucks at me for whatever reason. But <laughs> you you mentioned billeting uh, uh, goalies and, you know, being at home. You got to play juniors at home, which is pretty special. You know, a lot of kids 15, 16, 17 are moving across the country or even across the world to play juniors. So what was it like to get to stay at home and play your juniors well, you know, to, to play junior, especially major junior A in your, in your own home city, I think is a big deal for anybody that gets the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, I had lived away from home the year uh, prior to my draft. I was playing, you know, about an hour away, a little less than an hour away in, in Collingwood, Ontario, uh, Tier 2. And uh, so I had that taste of living away from home. But when, uh, when you're drafted and you get that opportunity, um, I remember it was the team that I grew up watching. Uh, we had builded players that played on that team. Um, so they're my hometown team. I was a massive fan and I was in the community, in a small community. You know, the people that were going to the games, uh, very you know, personal. And um, it was 
it was a great deal for me to be able to throw on the jersey and, you know, you get your jitters uh, because you're excited to, you know, to play well for your, your neighbors, essentially. Right. And, and so it was a big deal. And I, and, and, uh, I loved every minute of it. And I was able to spend four years playing, playing in Owen Sound in my hometown. And, you know, it's a, it's an experience that I'll never forget. And it's one that, you know, you hope more people could actually go through. Absolutely. You, you kind of mentioned pressure. Did you feel as if you had more pressure playing for your hometown team as if maybe you weren't? Oh, absolutely. But I think it's always good pressure. I think, I think there's a certain amount of pressure that, you know, that keeps you on your toes. And I think that's the, the great thing that comes with the, with the position of goaltending, especially is you're the, you're out there. You're the last guy. Um, everyone knows when you make a mistake. Um, but at the same time, you always play a huge role in the outcome of every game, whether it's good or bad, you know, and that's the, that's the responsibility of the goaltender. And yeah, and, and that's one thing that that taught me was, you know, there's always going to be pressure. You're always going to have pressure on yourself. Um, there's always going to be pressure of the fans, but, but I think that's what made it more exciting was knowing that, you know, your neighbors were, were counting on you to, to play well. And, and uh, they would let you know when, when you didn't and, and when you did. So, you know, and, and I see them walking around the streets now and, and there's a lot of found memories and, uh, you know, they bring up good memories. They, you know, they bring up the memories that you want to forget as well, <laughs> but um, they keep you honest and, and uh, you know, it's something that you own and that you're responsible for. Right. I, I can only imagine, like, like I said, I grew up here watching, going to Omaha Lancers games, never made it to anywhere close to that high of a level, obviously, but uh, I can only imagine just the honor it is to wear your hometown team that you grew up uh, idolizing. Cause that's really what it is, especially for like smaller towns. I mean, Omaha now has a college team too, but back when only had the junior team. So, you know, anyone who watched hockey, like that was their team, which I'm sure is the same for you guys in maybe a smaller area too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ever since I could remember, um, even as a spectator, the Owen Sound Platers, the Owen Sound Attack, they played their home games on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So you know what everybody was doing on Wednesday and Saturday because it's such a small community. It's a tight-knit community. Um, and I think, you know, I think there's that excitement that comes with being in a, in a smaller community and uh, everyone knows what's going on. Everybody knows what each other's doing. But, you know, I think it's, uh, it adds for a lot of fun. It adds for a lot of excitement. And that adds for a lot of things to talk about. Absolutely. So you weren't drafted into the NHL, but as we both know, a draft is really just numbers and doesn't mean that much when you're a young developing player because obviously you see undrafted players make it all the time. You see first round draft picks barely or never play in the NHL. So it still takes a lot of hard work to make it. So being passed on, did you feel some extra motivation and what was it like to sign your first contract? Absolutely. It was a lot of motivation. Um, you know, I remember going to the draft in Boston and it was, it was my, my second time going through the draft and, and had a pretty good year. Um, you know, once I played a lot of games, we had a good run in the playoffs. Um, 
you know, numbers are skewed back then because, you know, it's, I never had a goalie coach, you know, you had a goalie coach, you know, that showed up maybe, you know, once a month type of thing. So you're out there, you're, you're trying to do what you thought was right, but maybe it wasn't right all the time. And you're just kind of playing by feel. Um, But that's, you know, that's another story, but yes, there's a lot of motivation, you know, you're passed over um, and, you know, you start to second guess and then um, coming back from my overage year, you know, we, we had a young team. I had a lot, I had to shoulder a lot more responsibility. We had a, a lot of older players that, that moved on into pro or, or moved on with their careers after, after their junior careers. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot more responsibility to shoulder. It was a young team. We weren't, uh, there's going to be growing pains. There was, there were some particularly long nights at times, but, you know, I think it was another really good learning experience, uh, you know, and, and having to battle and having to grow, leadership wise and uh, responsibility wise, I thought it was, you know, I thought that was my, my best year. And, you know, it wasn't great statistics wise or anything like that, but growth wise, it was huge. And, um, coming out of that season, I'm, I'm starting to, you know, pour over, okay, what universities am I going to apply to in, in Canada? And not even thinking that maybe professional hockey was was in it for me at that point in time, you know. And then I got a call um, from a, from a guy named Mark Reeds, bless you know, rest his soul. Um, and he invited me to come down and play some UHL games at the uh, at the conclusion of my last OHL year. And you know, the team was based out of you know St. Louis, actually St. Charles, Missouri, the Missouri River Otters went down there, played, you know, played a handful of games and, you know, played well. And, you know, obviously Mark being a, a St. Louis Blues alumni, I don't know if he said anything or to anybody or anything like that, but, you know, I just so happened to, to be able to get a, a tryout with the Blues and went to rookie camp and, you know, I guess played well enough to get invited to, to the main camp there. And out of main camp, I signed my first contract. So, you know, things, things happen quickly. You know, you're thinking one thing and then you're preparing for another. And, you know, I think that was the big thing. I was always preparing um, for something. And you know, I think a lot of hard work had to go into it. A lot of, you know, sticking to things and sticking to it and, and being really um, diligent about what I wanted to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, as a, an undrafted player in any league, you see players go one of two directions, they either get down on themselves and uh, go south pretty quick, or it's added motivation. Uh, it makes it that much better like it did for you. So it took you a couple of years before you made your NHL debut after coming into the AHL and ECHL. Uh, I believe you had like a 23 save victory. If I read my stats correctly in your uh, debut game, what do you remember most about that game? Well, I remember, you know, getting the, getting the call up. Um, I think we just gotten back from a road trip up in Winnipeg. I was with the Worcester ice cats at the time. And I, I wasn't particularly playing all that well, actually. And, but I think I, I was the next guy up on the depth chart. So, you know, you get the call and, and you hope you're prepared and, and you, you don't know what to feel except, you know, excitement and, you know, nervousness in a good way. Um, you know, but getting up there, it was a really good team. And um, there's some, you know, excellent hockey players on it. 
and sitting on the bench and seeing the starting goalie Reinhard Divas go down and uh, near the end of the first period. And, and it's just like, Oh, he's, he's, he's not just hurt. He's injured and, you know, he's in pain. And so a lot of, you know, you just start to put yourself in game mode and, and get out there and, you know, try and feel as calm and as confident as possible. And I think the team really rallied around the fact that, you know, there was a young guy in there first time in there coming in in relief. They played extremely well, put up a bunch of goals um, and, and went away with the victory. So, you know, it set me up for my first start, obviously, um, against the Dallas Stars. And, you know, once again, you know, well insulated, but, you know, you still have to put in the work and, and be prepared and, and and be ready to do your job as well. But, you know, there's a lot of great players that, that made it really easy for me. So you mentioned getting the call up. I've, I've heard a couple different uh, interesting call up stories. So I'm curious what yours was like uh, at the time. Well, you know, it was, it was, it was really a whirlwind. Cause like I said, it was, uh, you know, we were in Western Massachusetts and we had just flown out to Winnipeg playing the Manitoba moose, you know, for, you know, a back to backer, and then you're flying back to, to Worcester and, and literally, you know, I think, I basically landed in Worcester and, and right away I was, I was on my way to, to St. Louis. You know, you just want to, you just want to get to where you're going without making any mistakes or, or forgetting something. And you hope you're not missing the flight or leaving something behind. But when you get to, when I got to St. Louis, you know, everything was in order and they make you feel, you know, so welcome and so at home and uh, anything to ease your mind to, to get you focused on what you got to do. And that's just play hockey. And did your family make the, any family make the trip to St. Louis to see your debut game or since you didn't know you were going to be playing, did they, did they even come to the game or what was that like? No, no, I was, you know, that game against Columbus, it was, you know, I thought it was going to be a, a quick call up in and out type of thing. One game, maybe two, and you're gone back to the, the minors, but um you know, when the injury happened, I knew I was probably going to get a few starts in a row, but no, they didn't, they didn't make it down. My, uh, my wife actually made it into St. Louis, uh, and got me and got to watch me play, um, my, my, my first start against Dallas. And then she was there to watch my first shutout against the Minnesota wild. So it was pretty cool. That's pretty sweet. So you went on to play uh, another 143 NHL games after that first one and over 500 total professional games. What are some of the challenges you faced throughout your career as a player that really had to fight to prove your worth that you were an NHL caliber goalie? I think it's a fight you fight every day. I really do. I think, um, you know, back then you're, you're, the first, the first couple of years, you're just fighting to survive. You're just fighting to show that you, you, you belong and playing professional hockey. It doesn't even matter if it's the East coast league, American league or NHL, you know, the end goal is to play in the NHL obviously, but, but really you're just, you're just fighting to survive and, and make a name and show you that, show that you belong. Um, so, you know, uh, starting out in the East coast league, I think, I think St. Louis had a, uh, they had a plan with me which was really good. Um, and they weren't going to rush it. They were going to stick to it and, and not put me in a position where, you know, I was going to be set up to fail, so to speak. So, 
you know, I started in the East Coast League, um, had had some call-ups in the American League and and really did the slow burn um, making my way through. So, you know, that I wasn't going to be put into, you know, a, a, a situation that, you know, was out of my scope at that at that point in time. So getting some, getting some, some starts here and there in the American league to get me acclimated. And then when I was able to make the jump, it was, you know, it was seamless and, you know, it was, it was in my mind, I knew I was ready for it and it wasn't rushed. So I think that was the big thing, but, you know, as far as, as, as times where that are tougher, I think, I think you got to be responsible and, 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 and own what you do every day and, and not waste it and um, be as prepared and be as diligent and going about your business, but at the same time, enjoying it because it doesn't last forever. All right. Yeah. I think uh, what are obviously goalies are different than players. Uh, goalies get made fun of a lot for some of the different things they do. What are some of the ways that you prepare uh, leading up to a game, before a game, even during the game to just stay ready and focused? Well, I think, you know, I think having a couple different routines works. Um, you know, obviously, you know, something that I do on a game day isn't necessarily what I would do on a practice day because I don't want to be someone that was going to the mental well every day. I wanted to stay fresh mentally. I wanted to stay fresh physically. You know, but as as my career progressed, you you learn how to do things a little bit smarter. I would say, um, so you can preserve energy when you can, uh, and, and and be able to kind of uh, turn it on and turn it off a little easier. Um, you know, for instance, when I first broke in the league, you know, it, was, it wasn't really about warming up; it was about stretching. So you stretched a lot. And then you find out, well, you know, if you static stretch too much, it's not really that good. You're not warming up your body as, as well as you can be. And it takes you some injuries to, to, to understand that. So, so then you start to warm up properly. You do, you do more dynamic stuff and, you know, stuff that isn't necessarily stretching, but, but getting yourself prepared for battle, basically. And I think that went a long way in how I prepared to play and, you know, I, I, I came up with uh, something that I would do in, well, your eyes are a big muscle. Like you got to do something to warm them up. So then I started to um, incorporate, you know, an eye warm up where it was, you know, it was, it was staring off and, and quick, quick rapid eye movements and um, throwing racquetballs, one eye closed, uh, switching eyes. And, and so, and so you just incorporate different, different ways along the way to help you warm up and, and prepare yourself to play. Yeah. I was curious about that. I know a lot of goalies are turning to, uh, I, I read an article because I'm, I'm a big Flyers fan. So, uh, I've been, uh, idolizing Carter Hart a bit the last few years, watching him come up through the ranks. Hopefully he's going to be the goalie of the future for us. But it was interesting. I read an article of like his preparation compared to Brian Elliott's where he uses uh, visual edge and a lot of different um, kind of eye trainer things. And Brian Elliott's like, yeah, I just threw a tennis ball off the wall. <laughs> so it's interesting to hear different goalies, preparations. Um, one of the other things I, I think, 
always find interesting. Did you have anything you did like after you got scored on just to get, I, I noticed a lot of goalies have a routine, you know, if they get scored on, they do something just to try to forget about it, that they always do the same no matter what. Yeah. You know, I, I really didn't do anything in particular after, you know, after a goal was scored. Um, I did something after, after every stoppage in play. So um, it was almost like a reset and being scored on is basically a stoppage in play. So, you know, I would, I would basically want to break the game down into five minute segments. So make it as manageable as I possibly could, because looking at five minutes is, is a lot easier than looking at a complete 60 or 20 for that matter before you get a break. So I would always say to myself, okay, if there was a stoppage in play at, you know, at, at the 16, 11 mark in the first period, I would, or in any period, I would just say, okay, let's win this next minute and 11 seconds. You know, so I, I was always just focusing on, on winning the next amount of time, win the next amount of time, win the next amount of time. And I thought that really helped kind of keep me in the moment, but not get too far ahead. Right. Yeah. I think it's always fun to watch goalies, especially, especially as a goalie, it's kind of exciting to see who, who does what. And uh, obviously you see a lot, uh, some goalies are a lot more superstitious than others. Um, so speaking of differences, uh, you played three years in the KHL to finish your career. What are the, a lot referred to the KHL as the second best league in the world. What are the biggest differences between playing in the NHL versus the KHL? Well, the big, the biggest difference for me was, was obviously getting acclimated to the, to the ring size, but, but now they have, I think it's in their plan to, you know, come back to a, a normal NHL regulation size arena throughout the KHL, as far as I know, anyways, that's the last I heard, but, you know, acclimating myself to the, to the, you know, Olympic size rink, it was, it was kind of neat because it was something that I never really paid too much attention to and, until I had to. Um, and so I, I really found that it, it actually helped my game. Um, I was more of an aggressive goalie because of my size and I had to be, whereas in the Olympic size rank, I, I found that I could play a little bit more conservative. Um, I wasn't chasing the, the game as much. And, you know, you say that to some goalies and goalie coaches and they'd be like, why are you ever chasing the game? <laughs> but, you know, once, if you get too far out and, and you're depending on aggressiveness, uh, the way the puck is moved nowadays, the, the lateral puck movement, you know, you could get torched pretty easily if you're, if you're out swimming. So it, it allowed me to, to change my game a little bit. It allowed me to harness my depth a little bit more, uh, be really aware of, of where I was standing and why I was standing there. So it really kind of dumbed my game down for me, which helped me. Um, the other obvious change and a difference in the KHL is, is it's Russia and um, it's language barriers. It's, it's, it's learning to communicate with your teammates without necessarily knowing what they're saying. So that, that, that poses its own challenge in itself, but those three years uh, really eye opening, uh, grateful for the experience, grateful for the opportunity to have been able to go there and, and play in a really good organization and, and with locomotive, you know, especially with, you know, with their history of the team, but 
but the, the recent history at that time with the plane crash and, and, and being part of a group of, of players that, you know, were, were called upon to, you know, be, you know, kind of be a healing resource for that community and, and, and a rallying point at that particular time. Absolutely. You mentioned obviously having three really good years there, statistically some of the best years of your career, especially the the second one you had there. Did you guys, I don't know how far you made in the playoffs. You played a lot of playoff games and had like the best save percentage, but I'm not sure if you won or not. How did that season go? It was, it was a, it was a good season. It was a trying season. Um, we had, uh, we had two coaching changes that year. Um, my first year coach, Tom Rowe came back for the start of that second year. And, you know, it's not like we got off to a bad start, um, but it wasn't a start that I think was indicative of how talented our group was at that time. So there was a coaching change and, and uh, we, the, the management brought in a, a Russian coach named uh, Peter Vorobiev, a uh, historic Russian coach, um, you know, really, you know, was an, was an iron fist that maybe we needed at that point in time for our team to kind of turn around and start getting going in the, in the direction that we knew we could. Um, so he coached up until the break of the, uh, of the Olympics. And then, and then I believe there might've been some, some health issues and, and, or, and some health reasons why he had to step down at that particular time. But I was, I was back home um, here in Canada for that Olympic break. And I got a phone call and it was Dave King. And he had just told me that he had been appointed the, the new coach of, of locomotive. And it's funny because at that particular time of the season, we had four games left and they were all home games and we needed to win all four to make the playoffs. Really? So we, yeah, so we were, you know, we we're kind of under the gun. We knew we were like statistic wise. I was, I had, a, I was having a great year, but you know, it was tough and, you know, and to go back and, and win four straight games with another new coach, uh, you know, it was going to be tough, but we managed to pull it off. Um, we, we are eighth seed. We beat the team in the first round that, that was the two time reigning KHL champions, Dinamo Moscow. Then we, we put out, uh, Scott St. Petersburg who had Ilya Kovalchuk or Timmy Panarin, um, gee, I don't, I can't even remember how many other guys they had, but they were, <laughs> they were, they were stacked. They were loaded and we were managed to, we managed to put them out. So, you know, we started playing our best hockey at the right time. Uh, we're fortunate that we had the opportunity to play our best hockey at the right time, but you know, that, uh, that season ended in the third round against, uh, Prague, um, who lost in game seven, the championship series against a really good team coached by Mike Keenan. So. You know, it was it was it was a really good season statistic wise, but I think uh, the, the big takeaway was, you know, kind of was that dream playoff run that we had that that didn't last long enough. Yeah, it's pretty cool story though to win your last four, making it in an eight seed and make a run like that. It seems quite like the NHL, like the kind of like the Kings did, and what was it, twenty twelve or something? So always cool to hear those stories. Uh, you had a pretty good year in Columbus before going over to the KHL. I believe 
was that the NHL lockout year that you went over to the KHL and did you stay over there because you had success or, um, I, I mean, obviously you're from North America, so you kind of went away from your family, I'm sure, you know, brought them with you and, uh, was a little bit different. So why did you choose to stay over in the KHL for three years? Well, I, I think, uh, when I played that year in Columbus, I pretty much knew what I was in, in North America. And, um, you know, as, as well as that season went, um, you know, we weren't a particularly good, good, uh, good team. We had, we had really good parts. Don't get me wrong, but we just couldn't find a way to kind of put it together. Um, but I had a great goalie coach and, and great coaching staff, you know, throughout that entire season. And, you know, Ian Clark, um, who's one of the, who's one of the greats, if not maybe the greatest goalie coach, you know, in the NHL right now, it's, it's arguable, obviously, but, you know, in, in, in my mind, you know, being able to work with him in Columbus and in Vancouver, um, yeah, he did a lot for my game. Very appreciative of him, but I had no idea that there was going to be any type of work stoppage when I signed in Russia. However, I did sign in Russia because it was just like, listen, do I want to be a 32 year old or 31 year old that wants to wait till July 1st, um, grind it out, you know, July one, maybe get something, you know, maybe not get something, um, where I had an opportunity to, you know, really be, you know, part of a group of players that, that what I said before that could, that could offer hope again to, you know, really, um, a community that was, that was really struggling. And I, and I think that was, that was, that was a big reason why I wanted to do it. I had, I had friends and ex teammates that, that were on that plane. And, you know, it wasn't a decision that, that was made lightly, but I knew at that time it was the right, it was the right time to go. And I wasn't going to look back from it. And the reason why I stayed there was because the experience that, that it offered me, um, and, and what it also offered was, was, was a team whose, whose management group, um, the coaching staff, the community really believed in us and, and I, and that felt really good too. That's pretty special. Yeah. I can't, can't argue with that one. <laughs> um, so obviously now you've come back from your professional career, moved into player development role with the Comets and the Canucks organization. What do you think sets goalies apart from one another? Like today, is it the mental side of things, especially now since there's a lot of big, athletic, talented goalies who have the capability? Because it just seems to me that it's the really the mental side that sets sets goalies apart more than anything else nowadays. I agree with you, and it, and it has to be. Um, you get these like you get these giants that are coming out of, out of Europe, out of North America, they're six, four, they're six, five, they're, they're complete athletes. And, and it's what gives the guys that are, you know, six feet, six foot one, six foot two, you know, that advantage over them is, can I, can I mentally play this game better? Um, can I mentally prepare 
for long seasons better? Can I mentally prepare in short periods of time better than guys that maybe have a better advantage athletic athleticism wise over me or height wise or size wise or whatever you want. It really is the, the different that, you know, the differentiating factor, you know, when it comes to the position, you have to be able to think the game, you have to be able to um, make saves, you have to be able to compete and you just have to be able to be the difference that your team needs to be. And, and I don't think, I don't think that's size dependent. I think that depends on on the size of your heart. I think that depends on how you understand the game and how you understand the position. Right. So what do you do as a coach, uh, a goalie coach, uh, when players are maybe a little bit older in the AHL who, you know, have uh, already been set in their ways to some extent? Do you work on certain things they want to work on or do you kind of evaluate, you know, what you think they need to work on and uh, how does that relationship work? It's, it's definitely different than, than working with the younger goalies. Um, the younger goalies are still trying to figure out what it is they are as goalies. I think uh, you have to, you have to help them. You almost have to be a caddy for them. You have to help them along their path. It's it's a partnership. You have to be there with them. You have to have their back. Um, you have to be a sounding board with the older guys. They have a good idea of what their game is and they're, they're really fun to work with. Um, they, they, they want to be the old dog that can learn new tricks, which is, which is awesome because they don't want to be like, Hey, listen, I know, I know what I am, but I want to get better. And I think those guys that can still be creative and innovative within their own games, they, they last and they're invaluable to, to have around because, you know, I think at, at some point they're going to be, they're going to be the guys that are in the mentoring positions that are in the, the, in the coaching positions, they're going to take that torch as well. And, and I think them being interested in, 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 in wanting to be, you know, impactful within their own game and their own careers. I think it's huge. And so that's what makes them really fun and exciting to work with as well as the younger goalies. So what's your uh, role? Like you said, you go down there like half a month of the year uh, or of each month. What, you know, on a day-to-day basis, what are you doing with each goalie? So uh, on a day-to-day basis, we're going to, we're going to break down their, their video. We're going to break down their games. Um, what we're going, what we're working on in practice uh, or, or in, in terms of their current pathway or where they are along their pathway uh, for the particular season or maybe month, we want to see what we've introduced. We want to see what we're working on, but we also want to take away a lot of positive um, reinforcement through their game. Okay, this is what we're working on, but see that like it's starting to build a new game. It's starting to really, you know, take root and grow. And so we just want to keep on throwing water on those seeds that that we're planting in the off season and, and through the first part of the year, and and kind of really, really grow and develop their game. So you know they're learning what their game is along the way. So that's 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 typically what what I'm trying to do, and trying to just keep them in a really good headspace, keep their spirits up, um, you know, really focus in on their body language. 
um, because you know that that says a lot as well as to where they're at. And when we get on the ice, you know, we want to we want to make make best of the time that we have, and we get out there and we get right after it. Um, they're expected to be on the ice and ready to go. And because there's no time to tiptoe into games, it's, as soon as that puck drops, it's go time. So we want to approach our practices that way. And I think the goalies, uh, the goalies have fun with it. Um, it's fresh. And I think they, they genuinely look excited to that, you know, that 20 or 30 minutes that we, we get to spend on the ice together before practice, really honing the craft. Right. I think you not specifically mentioned a, a player goalie relationship, but I'm curious from your standpoint as a goalie who played in the NHL, what is the kind of goalie player relationship? Is there anything, you know, you asked of your players that helped you out as a goalie or anything like that? You know, I, I think, you know, <laughs> It's, it's more way, it's funny because what, what can the goalie do for the player? And, um, you know, I think, I think we're there to, you know, to, to serve our players. I think we're leaderships, you know, in our own way. Um, we're, sorry, we're leaders in our own way in that, you know, we're, we are the last line of defense and, you know, we have to, we have to shoulder a lot of the burden in the games and that just comes with the territory that comes with goaltending and that's, you just got to own that fact. Um, but I think that, you know, what players, what I found was players really respect the goalie who goes out on the ice wanting to accomplish something in their own game. But the competitiveness that he practices with or she practices with, the players really feed off that because now they know that you're not only invested in your game, you're invested in me getting better because you're making it hard for me. And I think, I think that's where a lot of the camaraderie grows out of. And I don't want a guy coming in here and, and, and just taking muffins and at my glove side, I want him bearing down. I want him trying to score on me. And likewise, you're going to come down. You're going to shoot as hard as you can. You're going to try and pick me apart and I'm going to do whatever I can to stop you because that's my job. So now you're, you're just, you're feeding off each other. It, it raised the competitive spirit. It raised the competitive level within the team. And I think that's where strong team bonds are, are actually made. Yeah. I talked to uh, Mike Johnston uh, not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he talked about Marc-Andre Fleury and practices and just how he, uh, has that competitive nature in him, but he's, he's kind of fun with it at the same time, but like challenges his teammates and really uh, creates that bond that I think you're talking about. Um, you mentioned younger goalies. One of the first things you said about you didn't have a specific goalie coach growing up. I'm actually uh, a goalie myself and I help coach a, a seven-year-old who just started playing goalie last year what are some of the words of wisdom that you could offer to a younger goalie that wants to play at all levels you have throughout your career be a great skater and it just never stops um be it you know be a great skater in big areas whereas you know your skating stride you're you're, you're actually skating like a player 
be a good forward skater, be a good backward skater. Just know the proper skating technique. You don't need to be the best skater on your team, but you need to be a great skater because that's what this game is built on. It's built, it's built on, it's built on skating. If you can't skate, it, it doesn't matter which position you're trying to play. It's going to be difficult. So it's, it's no different than goaltending. Um, so first and foremost, basic skating, be a really good basic skater. And then once you, once you, you know, learn how to use those edges, control those edges in that manner, now you can really confine the space and make it really goalie, goalie specific, and then be great at goalie specific skating. So you've got to be able to, you know, you got to be able to see cut with balance. You've got to be able to, to rotate with balance. You've got to be able to, you know, T push with balance. You got to be able to shuffle with balance. You got to be able to do everything with balance. Um, so that's what your skating um, is. What is going to pave your the way for your complete experience, whether it's going to be a positive one or whether it's going to be one that you, you know, it's going to take you to a certain extent, or and then it, it and then you're going to get to a, a certain point, and you might not be able to get past that point. But if you keep on continually, you know. Uh, getting better at skating. Um, you know, you never know where that's going to take you, but that is, that's the big one. Just be, be a great skater. Absolutely. Uh, I have heard a lot of people say that. So I, that's one thing I've told the seven year old I work with is he likes goalies so much that he doesn't want to skate out as much. And he's only been playing hockey for uh, about three years now. And I, I told him it's like, you want to keep working on your skating too, because that's going to make you a better goalie. Like they, they intertwine. So I'm trying to put that in his head. You know, it's a little tough for a seven year old who just wants to be a goalie someday to understand that, but uh, it's a work in progress. So (laughs) I'm going to use those words you just said to uh, try to help him out. Um, Is there anything I know here, it's kind of an issue just because I mean, we are in a, a, smaller market, uh, than, than some and don't have a ton of goalie resources. And what uh, a lot of times I see in practices, goalies are just taking random shots or kind of just on their own. What are some things that coaches, even though they may not, might not know about goaltending that they can help the progression of their goalies? Well, I think, yeah, I, I, th- I think it really comes down to like, are you talking about, you know, a goalie coach coaching goalies or just your regular, your regular hockey coach that, you know, working with a goalie on the side type of thing. Is yeah, that- so unfortunately, like we don't have a ton of goalie coaches. I mean, yeah. people try to get out and help when they can, but there's not a ton of goalie specific coaches. So I see a lot of just regular coaches who may not know a whole lot about goaltending kind of just leave their goalies out to dry a little bit. You know, what, what can they do to really help their goalies progress? Well, you know, well, I think it's just, it's just one thing is just to flag down someone and maybe it's a brief, you know, five, 10 minute conversation. Just give me a couple of things, you know, write, write down a couple of things or explain to me a couple of drills that, that I can, that I can do to work on. Because like you said, um, a lot of a lot of minor hockey coaches, you know, haven't played the position. It's no fault of their own, um, but you know they they want to they want to 
put as much punch into that one hour, one hour and 10 minutes of ice time that they can so that their players are getting all these reps and being able to take all these shots. And, you know, and, and, and again, to no fault of their own, sometimes the goalies are, are left out there and they're just, they're just targets. Whereas they really want to be a goalie. They want to learn that how to play their position just as much as defenseman, just as much as a forward. So um, I think, I think trying to find a way to, you know, cater to the goalie's needs as well in each drill, whether it's something, give the goalie something, um, you know, it's not just there for rapid fire, um, you know, allow them to go through save progressions, you know, allow them to execute save process, you know, as fully as they can, you know, without being, you know, throwing five pucks at a time, basically. Um, but it, it's hard work. It takes a lot of practice planning. Um, it takes a lot of, you know, sitting down with someone such as yourself, like I said earlier. And, and I think the, the easiest thing to do is just keep it simple. You don't need to know a lot, but, you know, as long as you can take a goalie aside and work on some simple skating drills with them, whether it's, okay, we're going to, we're going to come over the side, let's do an iron cross. That's going to incorporate some shuffling, some T pushing, some C cutting, but let's work on like, let's stay balanced. Let's keep your shoulders back. Let's keep your chin down. Um, it just, just little reminders that they can do. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be brain surgery, you know, just simple stuff. The other thing I get asked about is, uh, things you can work on off the ice. Is there anything you would recommend goalies work on that that's easy? They could do at home to work on off the ice. I think that's age specific, but I think um, the easiest thing to do is, is we want to have good hands. Um, and I think if you're if you're playing catch, if you're playing football, if if you're playing lacrosse, you're playing toss with the lacrosse ball, or you know with your dad, or with your brother, or with your sister, or whoever. I think having having a great set of hands and and having your eyes and hands being able to work together. I think that that goes incredibly far. Um, I think in terms of, you know, some feet drills, get out a ladder drill, uh, get out a ladder and do some ladder drills. Um, you know, something that's really short, really explosive, really kind of position specific, you know, you're working in, you know, you're not working for eight seconds or 10 seconds at a time skating down the rink. You're, you know, you're working for one or two seconds and then you get to rest. So do, do explosive stuff that, you know, is going to mimic how, how, how you play in your small area. Right. Right. I always like to ask this question, especially to uh, players who have played a lot of games and uh, have a lot, they have to think about on this question. So kind of a fun little question to finish off. You can answer, you can give multiple answers if you wish, just cause I know it's hard to pick one, but what is your favorite hockey memory that you'll just never forget? Oh, geez, that is a good one. There's so many, right? Um, my favorite hockey memory, like I, this could go in so many different directions, actually. Um, my favorite hockey memory would have been my first, my first career NHL start against the Dallas Stars. And I can't even give you the date, but I remember um, Marty Turco was in the other net and I remember looking up and, you know, Kirk Muller was on that Dallas team. Mike Medana was flying around, Darian Hatcher, Richard Maff. 
it was, it was such a fun time. And then, you know, you forget, you forget the guys that are on your team, you know, like Al McKinnis, Barrett Jackman, Keith Kachuk, Doug Way, Scott Young, like, Corey, like, Corey, the, the names go on and on, but just that first start, um, it's something that you just, you never forget because it's the one thing that you're always working towards as a young player. I know in Canada, every, every kid that straps on the skates and straps on the pads, you know, their goal is to play in the NHL and, and, you know, and that first start was, yeah, that was, that was the one for me. Culmination of everything to know you made it like you yeah. did something right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just to be able to, you know, play in the NHL and, uh, you know, and, and it's no matter if it was just for one game or whatever, you know, that was, you know, it was, it's something that you work, work towards for, you know, all those years. Right. I'm, I'm curious. I kind of thought of this, you mentioned about one game. So I'm going to ask you one more question. What, <laughs> what are your thoughts about the emergency backup goalies in the NHL? Cause it's something that was brought up with the David Ayers thing. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on that sort of thing? It's, it's such, you know, I think, I think the idea is great. Um, I think, you know, I think those stories, the Scott Foster story, the, the David Ayer story, I think those are just, you know, those are folklore stories. Those are going to go down in history books, right? Like, you know, those things happened. It's real. It, it, it happened. And, I think having the e-bug, I think it's a great idea. They're probably going to revisit it. I would imagine. I can't speak for anybody, but like in the back of my mind, it's just like thinking like they're probably going to do something um, about this. They're going to revise it somehow. But, you know, I think, I think they're phenomenal stories. I think, uh, you know, you look at the guys um, on the bench um, for those winning teams, like <laughs> those Carolina guys, they probably never played harder in their entire lives, you know, and they got in front of the guy and, and it was just, it was a bringing together of, again, it's, it was another rallying point. It was the same thing with, with Scott Foster a couple of years back in Chicago. I think, I just think they're phenomenal stories. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's really cool. Right. Not to discount David Ayers in any way, but I got a notification on my phone that he was coming in and I was like, Oh, I got to watch this. And I turn it on and I don't think I've ever seen uh, Carolina play any better than I did. I was like, wow, these guys can really turn it up if uh, they needed to. And it was so, yeah, but like you said, it, I think it's, it's just so different than any other sport. It's kind of brought out a bunch of new, it, the casual fans kind of came out and was like, Oh, that that's such a cool deal. I think it's just good for, hockey but yeah i heard you know lots of different people say some negative things about it so i was curious what you think the future of it might be <laughs> yeah well who knows what the future of it's going to be but i think we're always i think we're always looking for cool stories and the, and uh they definitely provided that right well curtis i certainly appreciate your time thank you so much as a fellow goalie i'm excited that you were able to join us as our first goalie and hopefully many to come you bet nick all the best to you um and and uh 
and keep on keep on working with those guys there and make them as best they can become. Yes, thank you so much, and we'll certainly be sharing your words with them.